Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, welcome to Clarence Blue. My name's Dan Rollins. I'm joined once again by John Townley at Hockley Social Club. How are you, John? I'm good, thank you. Good. You okay? I'm very well, thank you for asking. Today's topic of discussion is squad depth and transfers. So we're filming this on Thursday 8th of June, so this will probably come out Friday, I would expect, because it's the most kind of time-sensitive discussion. We could sit here and talk about a player for 10 minutes, and then tomorrow it's revealed that we're not interested. Football changes quickly. Football changes very quickly. So I don't think we're going to talk too much on specifics, but... It's more a conversation on squad depth, really, and, and where Villa need transfers rather than who specifically. So if we go through, not name by name, but Villa squad at the moment, goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, forwards. Goalkeeper, straight away, you think backup goalkeeper. This is my opinions, by the way. We'll get to you in a sec. Defenders, a right back, possibly a centre-half if you're really splashing the cash. Midfielders, I think we're probably pretty much set, but I, w- I wouldn't mind another one possibly two obviously all this conversation depends on people leaving as well and that's what we'll talk about in a sec and forwards again depends on what you're doing with Cameron Archer but I would like possibly an out and out striker and maybe a kind of right sided forward winger, winger kind yep. of player profile Th- that'd be the kind of profiles first of all before we get into any specifics how do you feel about those kind of positions this is a team that's got to seventh place and that only Man City have got more points than since the turn of the year. So I don't think the, there needs to be major surgery or anything like that. I know a lot of uh, fans love love transfer, <laughs> love the sort of transfer window and the sort of drama that goes along with it. And that's understandable, but I don't I don't think Villa will be sort of going sort of hell to leather and trying to upgrade every position in one window. We know that Emery has already said that every position is upgradable. He doesn't mm. mean that in a disrespectful way. He just means that it's like a never-ending pursuit of, 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 of perfection basically with him yeah. uh, again in one window you're not going to sign 10 players and if we, if we did upgrade that, or, add, or add competition exactly that or add competition to every position there's certain priority positions that some of them you already mentioned it just depends who's who becomes available which of Emery's targets can Villa get over the line basically this summer in January that was difficult with certain players a midfielder and a winger specifically um, and obviously a striker as well the the right targets weren't available and I was really happy that we didn't just settle for second best or that we you know pushed to bring someone in that this at uh, the end of the season and right now would be them thinking oh well have they got a future at the club is that someone we're going to have to try and move on it was only six months or however you know however long they're into their contract so in January we sort of held fire a little bit and clearly this squad is good enough and he gave an opportunity to a lot of those players to prove themselves and they've responded by um, 
picking up or you know getting seventh place, picking up all those points that they have and all the performances that they've been putting in as well. So again, I don't think there's a major surgery to be had, but yeah, there's a few positions. Obviously, right back, you mentioned that that's one. Matty Cash is the only right back we have in the squad, apart from Konsu who can fill in, but that's not going to be... Unless Emery's got some master plan that Konsu is now going to be reprofiled into a right back and we don't sign one, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd say it's very likely that a new right back will be on Villa's list this summer, as well as a new centre-back. Hmm. N- not more than one. How, how, how do you assess that new centre-back then? Because obviously you've got Mings, Conte and Diego Carlos at the moment as the big three. Courtney Hawes is still on the books as of today at least. You would imagine he won't be here next season. And Callum Chambers, Callum Chambers. as well. So there's five centre-halves there. We obviously play a four-at-the-back system with only two centre-halves. I like this idea that you need two great players in every position and a lot of clubs across the Premier League won't have 22 world-class players because it's an impossible task to do that. And you've it's got like the man management side of it that you've got to keep those players happy and signing players knowing that they're going to be back up is an interesting dynamic as well. So the centre-back one is the one that would worry me the most that I like I like Mings, I like Conson and I think Carlos it looks a decent player in what we've seen. So I imagine t- two of those three start. So do you sign a centre-half to come in and be better than those and your bench is upgraded by one of those three dropping out which would be a tad harsh I think or do you sign somebody for four or five million to be a backup fourth choice is that is that what Villa do now is that how we operate operate it's difficult because again this is fully dependent on what how Emery views his squad but I think having two players for each position is important because one injury can then derail your season so but how often would a third choice centre-back have played this season just gone like Cam Chambers played what that that, that might have been a difference between us making it past Man United in the League Cup yeah. or then they play those more games I, I, I honestly don't know but having that squad depth and again if you look at our bench not just in the centre-back position but in other areas you wouldn't necessarily say as you mentioned a midfielder do we need a midfielder but if you think if you look at the bench then you, we probably do hmm. and yeah. centre-back's probably the least sort of um, changeable position as such as well as maybe your full-backs goalkeeper and of course, goalkeeper. Um, but of the outfield positions, you, know, you might rotate your midfielders quite often because of different reasons. Centre backs not so often because, and as we've seen, Mings and Conte have played so many games um, as a partnership, and Carlos has struggled to sort of take them out of that. But again, we don't know what Emery's planning in terms of how is he going to change the shape of the team. Maybe he's going to sign a right back who can do a similar role to Alex Moreno, and then I don't know the left back then becomes more defensive and you could put Mings there or whatever it may be. I'm not sure, but I think it's just having options for different um, circumstances and it's always keeping your opposition guessing as well and having more players available to do different things will allow you to do that. Luca Dean is getting interest from different clubs in France, but I think that's almost up to him in a way. Does he see his future at Villa? Uh, he's been displaced at the starting eleven, but he's actually played a lot under Emery he's yeah. come off the bench a lot and he he's, he does a good job in my opinion against Brighton he won all of his ground and aerial duels so he's got a role to play for me especially going into Europe and at the moment with, with Moreno being injured until at some point in pre-season at best it's currently Dean's shirt to lose yeah, he yeah. will start pre-season yeah. so it's on him to, to make that number one role his again it is I think it's difficult because Emery's made it clear that Moreno is his Moreno first will be the number one, but yeah. it's Dean's now. If he if he wants to stick around and fight for it, this is his opportunity to do so. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. And that's why I've 
I'd be surprised if he thought it was necessary to sort of leave straight away because he's going to be playing most games still next year, Luca Dean, just maybe not from the start, but he'll come on and make a difference. Yeah. And a difference in terms of whether it's, um, you know, a tactical tweak in terms of tucking in more, not bombing on as much down the left as what Moreno does. So it's having two profiles for those positions as well, not just having two players who can play there because in case one of them's injured, it's having different variations to to win a game ultimately. And Luca Dean, for me, has that role to play from the outside it might seem like oh well, he's not starting games he must be unhappy but I don't know I think in another way he'd look at it and say well I've played my part in getting Villa into Europe so I'll stick around and do that he didn't I don't think he played with Everton in Europe unless I'm mistaken seems to be one of those characters that will try and fight for for his place so yeah that's your back four and, and goalkeeper should mention it a backup goalkeeper again we have no sort of names for them but or names f- um, to come in but I don't know I, it's difficult I don't know if it's a very odd position isn't it because you, you're signing someone knowing that they're going to play behind Emi Martinez so what kind of player can you attract at that level and em- Emery has started Olsen in the games against Stevenage and Man United but for the uh, conference league games would he do that I'd hardly Ro- doubt ro- it. rotate the keeper you wouldn't have thought so but there, there might be some elements where the, the you but feel like United, you have to Man because United you've got a big Premier League game or something Man on the United weekend. away in the League Cup, you'd have thought that Martinez would have been playing that, but he didn't well, play yeah. him. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe if Emery is sort of... Yeah, if he really doesn't want to play Martinez for those Cup games and he wants a secondary keeper to play those games, well, then you'd look at Olsen and say he hasn't been comfortable playing the way that Emery wants him to play. Whether he can improve, I'm not sure because he's only played a few games, to be fair to him. But is that a risk you're willing, you're willing to take when we have a playoff game? that we have to win both of those games, is he going to start Olsen? Uh, yeah, I think in the playoff games specifically, you play your best, best team possible, so Martinez plays in that. But in the group games where you think, oh, maybe we're, this is a game that we can probably I mean, if it's a game that we can literally street. afford to lose, then fair enough, but I think every game you just play your best team, yeah, you, you can't like underestimate said, it's anyone. A, it's an interesting position. I think, well, Moff can probably maybe be slightly more harsh here than you could, but when you talk about rotating your goalkeeper for an easier game, I think if it wasn't Robin Olsen, you might do it. You might think, well, the second keeper is good enough to, to, to play here. I don't I don't think there's enough trust in Olsen from the back line as well to make you think, okay, we can rest Martinez here because Olsen is good enough. I'm, I'm not sure that's... I think depending on what, again, how does Emery view that? Yeah, he might see does, it very does, differently. Does he, yeah, potentially. But does he... Yeah, how much trust does Emery have in Olsen to carry out that duty and will he be playing secondary keeper for those cup, all of those cup games? Personally, I wouldn't. But if that's what he really wants to do, I'd be surprised if Villa don't get a new secondary goalkeeper. Just simply because Olsen say he has been uncomfortable. He can't. There's no denying that he would accept that himself. So, uh, like we said in a, in another video that that won't have come out just yet that we filmed literally just over there. That if Emery's decision is king, and the club think uh, if that's what he wants, that's what we give him. And as fans, we do the same. If Robin Olsen is good enough in Nuno Emery's mind to be second choice goalkeeper and play ten games throughout Europe and the cup competitions. I agree with him and say, yeah, fair enough. It makes my bum twitch a little bit, thinking, oh, I don't know whether I, f- I fully agree with that. But if I'm trusting Emery to get things right, then we go with what he says. Yeah, and, and equally on Olsen, you know, we've only seen him play a few games, and one of those was to keep a clean sheet against Tottenham for 90 minutes. Mm. And he's very experienced, Sweden international. You know, presume he's got a lot of caps for them. Um, whether he's a secondary keeper, filler or not or third or whatever it may be, I think he's still got a role to play in terms of, you know, goalkeepers are a very specialist position and they do their own training at bottom heath and stuff like that. So 
again, all of these players for me still have roles to play. They're the guys that we've got Villa to seventh, so we can't just discount them as, oh, you know, you're not good enough to play in Emery's way. Well, even if that was the case, there's still something there that he's been signed for. Um, I'm sure he's a good leader around the group and good in the dressing room and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, let's not sort of discount it completely. But based on the evidence that we've seen, he's probably struggled to cope with what Emery's asking other, uh, what he's asking Martinez to do. And Martinez is an elite goalkeeper it just depends does Emery really think that he wants to bring a secretary keeper to make you know to make that sort of fine um, difference I suppose between potentially winning and losing games in cup competitions let's talk about midfields then the, the big one that could or could not happen again this is why I'm keen to get this video out quickly because things do change very quickly is, is Tielemans is the one that we've been linked with more so than any other and there's been interest from, from Roma as well and so there's a lot of talk on social media which is where I'm going to come from here for like the, the the bookies odds and stuff that he was massively favourite to join Villa and then that changed a bit I don't read anything into odds at all because it changes so quickly it's people put money on the odds change it's whatever we've seen loads of players linked with Villa before as the favourite and nothing happens so I don't read anything that into that at all let's just take away the fact of whether it's Tielemans or not for a second and I said at the start maybe we don't need a midfielder but I've changed my mind we do because we, <laughs> we need we need extra players and back to Tielemans specifically things we have to talk about him in the same context that I have to talk about here that free transfer looks good I think everyone looks <laughs> as in like, as in like that looks a good deal I mean free transfer part of me thinks why is no one else coming for him yet I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's talk of Arsenal, Liverpool a couple of seasons ago, like being this elite midfielder. And I think he's he hasn't looked great in the last season, but Leicester have been relegated, so I think you know that that can happen. He's, I think he's a technically good footballer. I've seen a clip of him like jogging back at one stage. Like, I think that's really taken well out of context. Him, yeah, though, that stuff, like well you, out of context. I bet you could find a clip of like John McGinn doing that this season if you look oh, hard I reckon enough. You could find a, a clip of that from any player from any team every weekend, and it, it's not. Really not that bad. There's, it's a counter-attack probably in the last minutes of the no, game. probably already losing or something. Like the that, engine yeah. that is Declan Rice is powering ahead to try and score a winning goal or whatever. Tillemans is jogging back. What do you expect to do? Run 300 metres sprinting? Yeah, yeah. Never it's such a minor thing, but I've seen people like using that against him. Oh, he's lazy. His attitude is not right and whatnot. Again, what we said about Emery, if he thinks he's the right man, I agree with him that he's the right man and he will have no doubts about attitude and application and things like that. So would Tillemans come in and be a starter for Aston Villa? Right now, I'd say no, because Kamara, Louise and McGinn look very good as a three, and I think you have to have a massive, massive signing to displace one of those three. But would Tielemans be a preferred option to come off the bench than Dendonka? Absolutely. And it offers something different. Again, I, I think because we're, because we're used to seeing an Emery team be 
almost a set of 11 players apart from maybe Leon Bailey coming out and Wendy coming in. We're not used to seeing what he does with a group of substitutes that with all due to respect the options that we have now, they're going to be better after this summer window. So next season, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing more rotation. And yeah, yeah. again, Emery's put, he put so much emphasis on the opponents that are going to be coming this weekend or on Thursday. It's not, I don't think there's a set thing that he just does or there's a set group of players that he just works with. If Tillman's or whoever is coming in, those players will have opportunities to play in different games to suit that opponent. So to have different profiles of player, like we've just said about like Luca Dean, Alex Morona, because that's the only sort of base we can go off in terms of who's actually signed yet. The first thing that he said was oh, he's a different profile and that's that's what we want. And for me, Tillman's is a different profile in a way to... The closest thing it probably is is to uh, Douglas Louise, a player who can keep the ball, progress it very well. But his numbers that he was putting up even last season, last season, the season that's just gone, in a Leicester team... Is they that were, last season now already? I call it last season because he's wow. gone, hasn't it? It's, yeah, I suppose. Well, Villa's season's ended anyway. It's only Man City's that's still going on. Um, the, the numbers that he was posting there were still really good. Like He had 30 more progressive passes than any other Villa player, which was Douglas Louise at like 140. He was fourth for the... Um, most amount of like successful take-ons so just getting past players <laughs> that's something that you'd thought or something that John McGinn does very well yeah. yet he's well ahead of John McGinn in terms of um, his completion of take-ons so he's an excellent player and I think only 18 months ago people were saying oh 60 million quid to Arsenal or whoever you, you know ball. whoever else but and I have no answer to why isn't a top 16 bought him um, but I don't really think that matters if Emery sees a player in which he does then yeah, hopefully Villa can get that one over the line. They want a quick answer with it as well because obviously it's, it's like dominoes, isn't it, at this time of the year? Villa have got several midfield targets and Emery wants to sign at least one of them. If Tielemans drags his um, decision on or whatever it may be, then other targets might not be there or, yeah. Yeah, along those lines. So yeah, different targets. Um, Lacelso, obviously they like Genduzi as well. We'll see what happens um, in the coming weeks. Again, hopefully this isn't completely outdated, but <laughs> I'm not sure where Dendonka's future lies. But for me, when he's coming, he's only done a good job. Um, add another midfielder or two to that equation that are, you know, that level. All of a sudden, that's one of the best midfields. Um, I'm going to say best midfields in the league. So obviously that's the best two, three teams in the division, but it's a midfield that anyone else in the division would look at and be like, oh, wow. You know, that's... Uh, Where's the fault in that? There's a there's a player there to do a certain role in any other game. If I mean, you, you can kind of mix and match if you need to. It, it's it's not all about partnerships these days. It's about what players can, as I say, come up against an opposition and and get three points over them. <laughs> That's the main thing. So, yeah, um, Tillowins is one to keep a close eye on over the coming days because you'd expect that to be quite quick. His decision, or at least that's what Villa wants. So. His goal reel is unbelievable. He scores some absolute bangers hasn't he and, and that's something that when we saw Coutinho we thought oh he'll score a great outside the box uh, effort from at some point like that's what he does for Liverpool he he'll do it for us. Um, yeah like a rocket from nowhere again it's not as simple as that that Tiedemann scores good goals and has scored a decent number for Leicester but if he does come to us and he can play in a similar kind of role and score five or six goals over the course of the season that's a before, nice addition as well yeah before last season his lowest total for goal contributions in a full campaign was nine so I think he got like nine then double figures two years in a row and then obviously last year they got relegated um, and his effect on the team wasn't so much but I think that's down to many different reasons that that was an underperforming Leicester team across the board like when you've got players that good there's clearly something wrong in terms of either the coaching or management how they were set up I don't know um, but yeah, uh, for me that would be an excellent signing. Again, free transfer like <laughs> right, Kamara and I mean, yeah, that, that midfield that you just read out of McGinn, 
Kamara, Louise, Ramsey, Tielemans. Yeah, just those five probably. Is what? Something like 18 or 19 million? Douglas Louise was 12 or 15, I think. Oh, McGinn oh, was, was like a transfer yeah, fee. Yeah. Kamara was obviously free. Tielemans would be free. Ramsey's an academy graduate. McGinn was two, two or three million. Two and a half, that. Yeah. And then, yes. yeah, well, I mean, great value. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> we don't want to go too much on Tielemans because football changed quickly and an answer could be tonight. I don't know. Um, but yeah, check your we'll phone see. It's cer- certainly one that... Um, would you like him? Yes. Okay, God, that's I, enough for me. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think he's an excellent player. I, I just, I think a lot can be read into, or too much is can be read into. Um, oh, he played for a Leicester team that didn't try. Oh, he got bad attitude or whatever. Like, I, I don't, don't get that at all. No, I don't. Like, I, there's good, good players get relegated. And I was going to do like. I uh, think it's crazy to say like bad attitude and bad mentality and whatever when they're professional footballers, which is probably the hardest occupation. To, I know that's going off a bit on an untangent but you know when like a manager takes over at, at like Chelsea and it's like oh he's got to deal with big egos and stuff and it's like those egos that you're talking about they've just come through like the hardest thing you could possibly come through which is like academy football they've made it and now they're very privileged though these footballers of course they're privileged but that's because like 0.1% get the opportunity um, I don't know what I'm talking about now but to suggest that players the Leicester players gave up whatever last year I think it's just yeah. far from far from the truth I mean it's the service that he gave to Leicester over like what four years or something um, he probably could have moved on was he there when they won the league no no he no. came after that won the FA Cup and he scored that goal against Chelsea I think in the final he's a very good player and I, I would like him and he adds something to the to the Villa midfield and from a, a, a business point That's of view it's a free he's, transfer he's offering, he's offering or whoever comes into the club will offer something and something yeah. else that we probably don't have yet that that is what's important to Emery. Like we said before, if Emery thinks that's the right decision, we have to back it because he he can do no wrong at the moment. We've talked about Ashley Young, haven't we, quite a lot. But if, again, if he thinks that's the right thing to do, we have to go with it for now. Let's move on from Tiedemann's then, because like we said, football changes very quickly and it, it, it seems like that could happen as we speak here tonight. But this time next week, maybe we'll, he's moved to Newcastle or whatever and we go, oh, Depends that never on happened. what he wants to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally down to him as we speak, basically. you've been a free agent. Yeah, well, yeah. Um... Let's move into the, the f- kind of forward line, forward area a little bit then. Ramsey's playing off the left at the moment. It's a very kind of rudimentary kind of approach to formations. Just go Ramsey's like a left winger or a left midfielder. That's his role. That's all he does. Like it, It's not as simple as that, but he's off the left. Watkins is your main striker. He's opposite McGinn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bailey and Brendier are your, your second striker, number 10, floating role, whatever you want to call that. And John McGinn is playing off the right, but again, he's drifting centuries, doing all sorts. Those, those roles aren't... They're not wingers, are they? Let's face it. So that's the kind of system at the moment. That that number ten shadow striker, whatever you want to call it, that's the the problem position for me at the moment. Emmy Wendier, club record signing, thirty three odd million, not really delivered enough for me, at least for my opinion, for the money we spent and the expectation he had. I like him, but not seeing enough kind of output. And I know it's again a, a bit of a a lazy thing just to go to goals and assists, but on that alone, hasn't offered enough for me. But I do like what he brings to the side overall. Leon Bailey can be said similar things of spent spent a good amount of money on him did well in the Bundesliga has come to Villa to replace Jack Grealish which is a task that's very difficult in itself um, and also hasn't really delivered and has had injury problems with his with his hamstrings so those for me I've said on multiple occasions I, I would not be surprised if either weren't here at any point over the next 18 months or so um, just because of, of what they bring to the team or what they don't bring to the team probably more importantly but because we're now in 
the Europa Conference League and there's more games and we will hopefully go past the first round of the FA Cup and the first round of the or the second round of the League Cup there is opportunity for these players to play and make an impact so I'm not going to sit here and write anyone off at the moment because it's, it's a fresh season and, and a fresh start and if Emery thinks they're here and, and can get something out of them again I back that decision but having said all that long-winded waffle I would be astounded if either of those two started the season in that role specifically because I think we'll sign somebody else to play there I, I'm interested to see how Emery lines up next year in terms it of that be totally different yeah because again he's only using the tools that he was given um, we know that Villa want to or he wants to sign and Villa we know they want to sign a number nine after Danny Ings left it was the first thing that Emery said it was okay well we want to replace and we might not do it in this window because the targets aren't available so we'll hold fire <coughs> and yeah, and, and number nine will probably be coming through the door. How does that change how we would then line up? Obviously, Villa wanted to sign Marco Asensio, who's opted to join PSG instead. He would then be playing in that role of a Buendia or a Bailey. But then if we signed a top number nine, then one of those has to play. Is Watkins going to come out of the team? No, I don't think he would. So I think it all depends about what Emery, what Emery sees in terms of the targets that he has on the table, which one of those are going to make a difference in terms of... I can't see us signing a top number nine and a a player that you would probably presume would be playing every game in that sort of sort of number tennis role. Both of those players would have to play, um, and again, it's good for squad depth. But they've got to. It's also going to cost a fortune. They've got to join, knowing that they're going to be playing games. Right, Villa, you know, are only in the Conference League, and the players that we want to be targeting have Champions League aspirations as we do, but we're not there yet. So. It'll be interesting to see who we target and what that means for the makeup of next year because Watkins could be partnered with a number nine next season because we've signed a top forward. Um, but then equally, it could be someone that's, yeah, I don't know, more so as, as a winger, I suppose you could say. They could play in that Buendia or Bailey role. I think um, I think that would be more likely. I like the idea of a of a big, proper number nine to come in who's a, who's a goal scorer who, who, who puts the ball in the back of the net and that's their job. I don't know whether I'd see Watkins and another striker playing together. As like again, not to. I don't know what Emery sees, but it, again, we know that he wants to bring in a number nine, and we have Cameron, Ar- Cameron Archer obviously coming yeah, yeah. back too. It's going to be interesting that how that plays out over the next few weeks. Hopefully, we can get some sort of information about what about what the Pre-season idea is. And we'll start soon, and then we'll start to get a bit more. Of yeah, a, of because a you want of options, coming. but yeah. those players that come in will have to be of a certain level that is going to take Villa to a different level themselves. But then you can't attract those players by saying, okay, well, you're going to you know, play behind Ollie Watkins because they want to be playing every game. Yeah, so I, I think you're looking at... It's, it's difficult. I think you, and again, I don't want to boil it down to if we sign a proper number nine, we're playing 4-4-2. Again, it's not as simple as that, but you've got Watkins and this new number nine. I think if we're talking about it from a numbers perspective and we're going, it's either a new number nine or a new number 10, I think it's probably a, a nine and a half is what we're looking for. Someone who can do a bit of both. Dubtale, that, say, yeah. If Watkins is injured, this new player can play as the main man. If Watkins is fifth, this guy can play off him and it's between the new guy, Brendier and Bailey as that, that kind of second striker role or, or whatever you want to call it. You've then got three options to go there and then obviously what they can all play the John McGinn role as well to to a certain extent in certain games. So I just don't know I don't know who that profile is and who that and who that could be. Obviously I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and try and pretend to name names but I don't see it being an out-and-out striker. I think it's more of a creative kind of player. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's a waiting. Let's wait and see what happens. We know some of what Emery wants or would like to do um, in the window, but ultimately there's another, what, two months left of it. They'll want to get their business done as soon as they can, of course, but then some targets 
there won't be an, won't be attainable yet because of different offers, different uh, different reasons. But yeah, it'll be an exciting window, whatever. And I think whatever happens, Villa will be improved, or in, or the squad will improve from here until now. So yeah. And that is very much the message, just wait and see. Because that, like you, we've said a few times, football changes very quickly. They'll be in a better shape come the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah. give it two months and Villa will be a better side already than they are at the moment. So um, leave, leave names and suggestions in the comments as always. We, we love to hear from you and like, we, we try and read every single comment and we're going to try and reply to more this season as well. So which positions do we need? Which, which players would you like to see? Uh, let us know. John, thanks for your time and insight as ever. Thanks to Hockey Social Club for letting us film here. I'm rattling through this outro very quickly because there's a party in this room in a sec. So thank you very much for letting us film here we do appreciate it thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again next week